Hey family, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Blessed be the name of our Savior, our Redeemer, our Resurrector, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. How are you doing today? It is the weekend. I know some of y'all going, you know, hang out and, you know, hopefully not hanging out too much. Need to be, you know, getting yourself ready to go to service. But, you know, I ain't judging. (laughs) So I was reading Job 6 and I actually have this scripture on my mirror when I'm getting dressed in the morning because one of the things that the Lord had to deliver me from was a quick tongue. I was very quick to snap back. I was very quick to, um, I felt the need to express myself. I felt the need that I had to explain myself. And sometimes there's really no reason to explain yourself. You shouldn't have to defend yourself all the time. But God had to deliver me from that. I had to really humble myself and let him be my defender. Let him be my vindicator. Because I was constantly on the defense and always defending myself. And this scripture was something that I needed to really learn. And what it says in Job 6, it says, teach me, Job 6, 24, teach me and I will hold my tongue. And cause me to understand where I have ever. How forcible are right words, but what do arguing prove? Now, I think that is just, it says, it says all that it needs to say, right? Teach me to hold my tongue and cause me to understand where I have ever. See, I think this is very important because so often when we're so busy trying to defend ourselves and we're always talking and we're always, you know, loose with the lip. That leaves no room for us to be still, be quiet, and understand what's actually going on. Because I had to learn, I wasn't always right. As much as I would love to be right, I wasn't always right. And what Job is saying right here, he's saying, teach me, and I will hold my tongue, and cause me to understand where I messed up. So often, we quick to blame the other person. You know, whenever we tell a story, isn't it funny how you're always the victim? (laughs) Honestly. If we could be real with ourselves, somehow we always end up the victim and the other person is the problem. But right here, Job is asking God, you know what? Teach me to hold my tongue and cause me to understand where I messed up, where I'm not right, where I could have did something different. You know, so often we are always quick to, oh, this person did this. This person said that. But most of the time, everybody is responding or for an action. So what did you do? What part did you play in that person doing whatever it is that they did? And if we could be accountable, you know, the Bible is a, I I love the word. It's a, a word of accountability. Like you cannot read the word of God and not be held accountable. Like the Holy Spirit will convict you to repentance because you have to be accountable for what you do and what you say. And here he's saying, help me to understand what I messed up because I know, and I had to learn and be honest and say, Lord, I'm not right. I didn't do this right. I didn't say this right. I could have did things differently, but it was easier for me to point the finger because I was my own defender. I was my own vindicator. And in my mind and from my perspective, and that's another thing here, I feel like when you when you ask the Lord to give you understanding on a situation between you and another person, you're leaving room for God to show you a different perspective because everything is not always as it seems. I know you hear that old saying, if it look like a duck and if it quack like a duck, is a duck, but that's not always true. It's really not always true. Some things are really not what it appears to be. And we really need to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us what it is that we see versus what we want to see. 
There's two, it's two types of sight, what you want to see and what it really is. And so often when we let our emotions be at the forefront, we always see for what we want it to be, what our feelings feel, what our, what our feelings see versus what is actually the problem or what is the situation. So I love that Job said, teach me to hold my tongue and cause me to understand where I've ever. Then he said, how forcible are right words. It's easy to tell somebody when you're right, of course, but what do arguing prove? I love that. Like, what's the point of the argument? Like your words is right, but is it worth losing the friendship? Your words might be right, but is it worth losing your job? The word might be right, but is it worth losing your spouse? Whatever the situation, whatever the scenario, your words, you could be dead on, spot on right. But, and I like how it says how forcible are right words. Like you're going so hard to get your point across and you could be right. But is it really worth the end result? Because sometimes when we go through those lengths to prove ourselves, we end up hurting not only the people involved, but we hurt ourselves in the long run. Because we're so quick to try to prove ourselves right that we hurt people involved. And I like that the Bible, you know, he, he the, it's truly a living manual for everything that we need. And it's so often, even if you're right, and it's amazing because as I said before, like I never come on here without actually going through something. So I was at my job and my boss laid like 50 million things on my desk today. Okay. So that's a bit exaggeration, but he did give me like back to back, do this, do this, do this, do that. Now, one thing in particular, he asked me to do because it was more priority. So I put everything to the side and I began to work on the thing that quote unquote, he told me was more priority. Now, maybe 10 minutes within me doing my job, he gets up and asks me, did I do something else? And in that moment, my blood was boiling. (laughs) My blood was really boiling. Why? Because A, you already like slammed all this stuff on my desk. B, you just told me something else was more important than everything else. And C, why are you asking me about something else? Like, really? So I turned my head and I said, I'm doing the thing you told me that was most important. And when I get a chance, I'll get to it. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I just wanted to know if you did it. I really wanted to snap. And I would have been right because at the end of the day, you told me this was more important to do. So why are you asking me, why haven't I done something else? But how forcible were those right words would have been and what arguing would have proved? All it would have did was took time away from me to do all the work that I had to do today. So I chose to humble myself. I was right. But was my right worth my peace? Was it worth only God knows what was going to come up out of it? And that's just small in comparison to some of the things that we experience when we argue our point of view. Like we, we, we friendships are messed up right now because someone had to prove themselves right. At some point, we got to humble ourselves and say, you know what? My bad. It don't matter who right. It don't matter who wrong. Let's just squash this thing. Too many people are like at odds right now because somebody is just right and refuse to humble themselves. And we have to really allow God to teach us and help us hold our tongue and cause us to understand and see it from a different perspective because we'll never get it right. And we'll always ruin relationship on top of relationship, on top of job, on top of opportunity, because you think you're right and you don't have the heart to see from a different perspective. So I'm grateful that 
you know, the Lord showed me that and I placed it on my mirror. So every time I'm getting dressed and get doing my hair, I have no choice but to see how forcible or right words, Trina. But what do argue and prove? Does it really matter who's right or wrong? Can you humble yourself enough to, to salvage the relationship, to salvage the friendship? Do you have to be right all the time? And it's in our human nature. We just, if I'm right, I'm right. And it feels good sometimes to be right. But at what expense, though? You feel good in that moment, but how is it making that other person feel? It's not really about who's right or wrong. And I don't mean that, I don't mean like, you know, if you're trying to tell somebody something, you're teaching somebody something, and it's for their benefit and their betterment, and you're right and they're wrong. I mean, of course, I want you to share the truth. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. But I want you to be mindful and pay attention to the words that he said. How forcible are right words and it goes like this is not what you say it is how you say it i'm not telling you not to speak the truth i'm telling you be cautious in how you speak the truth because you can tell two people the same thing in two different ways and you get two different responses why because of how you said it and of course when you telling somebody something over and over and over again and it seemed like they're not getting it yeah there's room for frustration there is a lot of room for frustration but once again lord teach me to hold my tongue and cause me to understand where i've erred. maybe i didn't you know explain it maybe i'm not articulating it in a way that they can really grasp it you know see it from a different perspective why haven't they understand maybe it's not that they don't want to be you know understanding or maybe they're being hard-headed and they just want to ignore you in some cases that is the case but not all the time it, it goes the same way with ministry if you think about it you can teach somebody i matter of fact i don't even you need to use that i could keep it right in my own backyard because i like talking about myself um my daughter, for instance, there's numerous occasions that I can tell her something and I know that I know that mama is right. Mama is right. And she be looking at me like I'm public enemy number one. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't understand. Da, 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 da. And then maybe like a week or two later, she'll be like, oh, such and such told me this and told me that. And I get it. And I'll be looking at her like, that is exactly the same thing I said. But the truth of the matter is, depending on the situation, and once again, how forcible or right words, sometimes you need to know your audience and you also need to know, you know, the person that you're dealing with because I know my daughter, she's very sensitive and I know I'm very stern and strong at times. So you need to know your, your audience so you know how to speak, you know how to articulate you know how to word your wording because sometimes you know people feelings are at stake and you know people take the wrong thing and take it out of context like if people take offense to things I would know because I'm one of them and it, it you know I know some people thinking well I shouldn't have to babysit around people feelings and I shouldn't have to you know sugarcoat nothing to get nobody to understand and you know what at the end of the day you're right but once again Teach me to hold my tongue and cause me to understand where I've ever. Just because you, it may seem simple and common to you. Um, it may not be that easy for somebody else. 
And it may not be that they're trying to be funny or, you know, maybe they really just genuinely don't understand. And you forcing your right words on them isn't going to help them understand any better than what they understand when you was saying it nicely. But it could help in their ability to want to understand. And I had to learn that with my daughter, that I had to check how I was teaching. It wasn't the problem. My teaching wasn't the problem. It was how. The words weren't wrong. It was how. And I had to learn, okay, when it comes to my baby, I have to be like this. Then I know when it comes to someone else, I could be forceful. I could be stern. I could be, you know, me and they get it. But you got to know your audience. And that's why he said, teach me to understand. Because you need to understand who you're dealing with in order to talk to them in a way that everything gets solved properly. Properly. Because nobody, nobody always have the right answers all the time. Nobody is always right all the time. Somewhere, somehow, we all messed up. You take every situation, you could dress it up however you want to dress it up, but we all mess up. We all save things that we don't mean. We all do things that we don't mean. So when it's time to confront and it's time to talk about it, we need understanding. That's why Jesus said, and all you're getting, gain and understanding. Because without understanding, it's just going to be more havoc and more chaotic. It's just going to be crazy. So I wanted to share that with you today because it is the weekend. And you know, the weekend, people get into all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. And maybe that might be you. You know how sometimes you're walking down the street and you just happen to step in some mess? That wasn't your intentions. You didn't say, look at that big pile of mess over there. I'm going to step in it. No, you just happened to step in it. And maybe this weekend you're going to happen to step into some mess at your grandma's house or your auntie's in them or maybe on your block, maybe at the bar, the club. I don't know. You might step into some mess. And I want you to be mindful that you say, Lord, teach me to hold my tongue and cause me to understand how forcible are right words and what do arguing prove. You know, all the good the weekend is good for arguing, especially Friday night, Saturday night, people drinking, getting filled with demons, because that's just what it is. If you pay attention to the store, it says wine and spirits is letting you know what you're getting into. But that's another story. So the enemy is looking for ways to still kill and destroy your friendships, your relationships, etc. And the way we speak. And how we talk to people can change everything. How we speak and what we say can change everything. So it's up to us to really ask God to teach us. Teach us to really understand so that we don't offend nobody. Even if we're right. Even if we're right. Even Proverbs 15 says, A soft answer turn away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Back to grievous words, back to forceful words. Like, I know I'm right, you wrong. I'm right, you wrong. But what is that argument going to prove? You're going to end up in a fight, somebody going to be locked up, etc. Craziness. Craziness. And that make, it, honestly, it makes me go back to last weekend when my daughter was in the hospital. Like, half of the people that was coming in because they was in fights. Why? Because someone didn't take the time to understand from a different perspective and they wanted to forcefully speak their words. This is real. I'm pretty sure a lot of stuff will be squashed 
if we checked how we talk to people. If we took the time to care about the other person more than we care, care about ourselves. That's what it's about. Thinking highly of the other person. Caring about the other person's feelings. Treat others as you would want them to treat you. But too many of us, we ain't got time for that. Nah, I'm right. You wrong. You stepped on my toes. You stepped on my gators, my Jordans. You did this. You did that. We fighting. Somebody locked up. Somebody shot. All because somebody couldn't keep their mouth closed. I'm with Job. Teach me to hold my tongue. I'm with Job on that one. I don't know about you, but I'm on, I'm with Job on that. I ain't, I, I'm no, me and, uh-uh, me and jail, mm, yeah, the way my heart's set up, <laughs> me and jail don't go together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm with Job on teaching me to hold my tongue and help me to understand. I'd rather say, you know what, my bad and walk away than for it to turn into something completely unnecessary. And it's easier said than done. Oh, Lord Jesus. (laughs) It is easy said than done. For whatever the reason is, forever, wherever, however the frustration comes, it is easier said than done to keep your mouth shut. It is so hard. It is so hard. It'd be like your skin, your, 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 your skin be bubbling. You feel the you feel the heat in your blood just running through your veins and you just ugh. That's a spirit though. And we gotta check it. That's the that's the enemy, that anger. That ain't that ain't God. That is not of God. The, like like if you heard the last message, the fruit of the spirit is patience, long suffering. When you getting angry like that, mm you gotta cast that demon down. And we have to operate and we got to be led by the Holy Spirit and allow patience to enter in and allow long suffering to enter in and meekness and goodness because it's so easy to get hot. I know God is delivering me. <laughs> Deliverance in the name of Jesus. I ain't going to never lie to you. God is delivering me from that. I'm telling you, that's why it was on my, um, my mirror. Like Trina, you need to sit down. You, 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 yeah, keep your mouth closed. Literally, the Lord told me, like, he was having me a season where all I kept hearing was, shush, be quiet, girl. Because he really had to teach me, what the, what is your arguing proving? Where is it benefiting you? What is it getting you? Is it getting you what you want? Is it opening that door? Is it giving you greater opportunities? Is it building your friendships? We got to be honest with these things because I'm joking around and it, it sounds funny. But at the end of the day, real talk, what is it getting you? You opening your mouth every time you get every chance you get you, you, you snapping, you clapping. What is it benefiting you? Is it really giving more money in your pocket? No. If I had to clap back at my boss, what could have happened? Anything could have happened. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter if I was right. I got to pay attention to my audience and act accordingly. That's my boss. Sit down. Humble yourself. It don't matter if I'm right. Now, don't, I'm not telling you to let people treat you and talk to you all kinds of ways. We ain't talking about what other people do. My pastor taught me that a long time ago. It ain't about what people do. It is about what you do. I can't control what nobody do. All I control is what God put in me and what God tell me to do. That's the only thing I can control. So I'm not sitting here talking about nobody. I'm talking to you, the individual that's under my voice. 
You listen to me, I'm talking to you. Only thing you can control is what you do and how you respond and how you react to whatever situation that is coming at you. So I want you to be mindful. Job 6, 24 and 25. Teach me and I will hold my tongue and cause me to understand where I've erred. How forcible are right words, but what do arguing prove? Mm, that's just beautiful. And I want you to hold that with you this weekend because I'm pretty sure somebody going to step on your last nerve. And you got to be mindful. As born again believers, we have to be mindful. And we want people not to see us, not to see flesh, but to see Jesus. And it takes practice. And it, 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 takes, it takes humility and it takes practice. Because you really got to humble yourself. You got to decrease that the Holy Spirit can increase. So we have to humble ourselves so the Holy Spirit can be elevated in us that we can perform and do what God called us to do. Respond in a way that he would respond. Love in a way he would love. Forgive in a way he would forgive. We got we to gotta humble ourselves though because the Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. He ain't going to make you do nothing. And we can't be, you know, coming out of character, moving our spiritual position, acting a fool, people seeing flesh. And then we throw the grace card. God knows my heart. That ain't cool. And I'm, I got tired of saying that. I got tired of frustrating the grace of God. I got tired of grieving the Holy Spirit. I got tired of it. He's a person. I got tired of grieving the Holy Spirit. Like that don't make him feel good. Like how are you a born again believer? We supposed to bring people to Jesus yet we hot tempered, snapping, sucking our teeth, rolling our head, eyes rolling back in the back of our head like the exorcist. But we born again believers. And it's crazy because so often when I talk to a lot of people and I ask them, you know, what church do you belong to? Do you go to church? And there'd be so many people that say, I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. And that's sad. And all of them say, oh, it's too many hypocrites. I know too many people who go to church, but they don't act like it. Because that's the truth. Like, I don't need to see you. I don't want to hear you quote scriptures one day and then act like somebody in the world the next. We got to be accountable. and We got to be mindful that people are watching us all the time. They looking for us to slip. They looking. The enemy looks for trap. Look for little open doors. If he know you easy to get angry, he looking for that open door. If he know you get frustrated, he looking for that door. If he know you lustful, he looking for that door. If he know you a liar, he looking for that door. If he know you adultery, he whatever door he can wiggle, weasel his way into, he going to do it. And he got people watching. Watching. So they could try to come against your character. So they could slander your name. They phony, they a hypocrite, they fake, and then you lose your testimony all because you was hot tempered and you had to turn off. You had to, you had to clap back and you loose with your lip and now you done spoke some words that you shouldn't have to say and now all of this nonsense. We got to be mindful of that because that's that's not the heart of God. He's looking for his children to operate the way he did. You know how many times they them, the scribes and the Pharisees try to get Jesus to clap back? They was looking for ways for him to do stuff. They tried to trap him and so many things with the woman that was caught in adultery and they, all these things they kept bringing up to him just to see if he they catch him in a lie. 
I, Jesus was smooth though, right? I love that story when um the they they came to him and was bringing a woman that was caught in adultery and was telling him what she did and what should they do. Jesus bent down and started playing in the dirt. He started writing in the sand. <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. He was just writing in the sand like these fools really trying to, they really don't know that I know their thoughts. I know their thoughts are far off. They really trying to catch me, but you know what? He who hasn't sinned, throw the first stone. Go ahead. If anybody out here who ain't never sinned, throw the first stone at her. The Bible said all of them start dropping their stones because they knew they wasn't right. I love Jesus. He was a cool dude. He was real cool. I would have really loved to like see him back then, like how he really moved. Because they was really trying to get at him. They was really looking for ways to get him. It was only one time, one time um, Jesus got mad when he flipped the money changes. He was mad. You made my, my father's house is a house of prayer. You made it a thin of thieves. That was the only time Jesus really wild out. But it was a righteous indignation because they was in the temple and they had no business being in there. And this is what we have to be. We have to be just as passionate and zealous for the temple. And what is the temple? You are the temple. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. So the same way Jesus was wilding out. This is how Jesus feel about you because you are the temple. This is why we're guarded. This is why we're protected. This is why he is always moving and shit because we are the temple and he is very zealous and passionate about the temple of God. So we need to be mindful and we need to be just as zealous and passionate for the temple of God. And not just our temple, but everyone else's because as born again believers, we are all the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We are all the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. So I pray tonight that you take this with you this weekend and you take it with you throughout the week, you know, just in case frustration and aggravation and anger start rolling up in you. I want you to really say, Lord, help me teach me to hold my tongue and cause me to understand where I messed up, how forcible or right words, what to argue and prove. Help me, Lord, in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Good night, family. I love you. Bye bye.